0: Welcome to episode 57. I am your host, Gail M. Davis, and this is Design Perspectives. Welcome to the Design Perspectives podcast. I am your host, Gail Davis. I will talk all things design from expectation to reality, from what to expect when working with designers as well as the trades. And from time to time, current events will seep their way into the conversation. In the meantime, sit back, relax, and listen. Hey, Kelsey, thank you so much for joining me. Hi, thank you for having me. How's it going? <laughs> good, good, good. Well, we have a new president, so everything is peachy now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So
1: excited. And first first female vice president. So yes. we should be giving the lunch to that too.
0: Yes, 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 yes. So very excited that that is behind us. It's going to be a long two, three months until this man baby gets out. But anyway, party people, let's have a good conversation. <laughs> Let me not piss off any more people than I normally do, um, which is funny. So let's hear about your illustrious, extraordinary, journalistic background. How did you get to where you are? I want to hear all about you.
1: Yeah. So, um, well, first of all, illustrious is a very kind word, very kind <laughs> adjective. So um, thank you. um, you know, I think that. I feel kind of where I am right now in my career is exactly where I should be. And I say this because I was always a big writer when I was a kid. I loved English. I loved to write little short stories in, you know, like on my dad's hand-me-down laptop when I was in elementary school. I loved to pretend that I was, you know, like Devil Wears Prada or (laughs) Andy Anderson and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Like, I loved those movies. I loved that kind of world. so i went to boston university for college studied magazine journalism did a lot of interning i graduated a semester early because i just wanted to get out there and i really wanted to get a head start in the job hunt um you know especially in media especially in magazines and publications and um digital wasn't really a thing then very much, but, you know, it's a competitive industry. So I wanted to get a head start, graduate mm-hmm. a semester early. And then maybe a month after I graduated, I was connected, um, by a former intern boss, um, to somebody who worked at the wall street journal. Nice. So I right out of college, got a job at the wall street journal for, the weekend section off duty. And it was supposed to be a one month freelance gig of you know, helping them with fashion week invites and seating and the schedule and, and everything. Um, but after a month, they really liked me and they kept me on. And I ended up being there for two and a half years. Yeah. Um, you know which is which is crazy like a 20 21 year old kid um being at the wall street journal for their first job it's a, it's a tough act to follow i would say and i i feel very fortunate because it's such a great team there um but i um you know i started working on fashion primarily and you know handling the samples and the fashion closet mm-hmm. and the photo shoots and packing up trunks and everything but um I think maybe around nine months after I started working there, I started to do more with design content and, you know, helping that team out, helping call in samples going, you know, to press events, um, got to do a little bit of writing too. Um, so it really, while the fashion industry is great, I think that being in the design world or having an introduction really felt very organic to my life because I've always been a big interiors person. I loved, you know, like house hunters on HGTV, like that Mm -hmm. whole channel and all that stuff and decor. And apparently when I was four or three, I went to a kid's birthday party and like somebody asked if I wanted a goodie bag, but I said, you know, very politely, no, thank you. But I'd love a tour of the house, please. So I've always been a big <laughs> kid, and my mom can back check me. She tells me this actually happened, so I'm not lying. But um, you know, it, it makes it makes a lot of sense. So I think that like oh you know God. that that mix of writing and you just a passion for homes. Right. Um, it makes it makes so much sense. And so you know, I left the Wall Street Journal. I went over to Business Insider. I was there for about a year and a half, and I was doing a lot of lifestyle content, a lot of, um, e-commerce content. So, you know, covering all the big sales like Prime Day and Black Friday and Cyber Monday and all, all those things, product reviews, et cetera. But, um, you know, it was a good opportunity. It really did introduce me to the world of digital writing. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, digital and print, two totally different beasts, but I think it was important to have that step to kind of realize this is a good opportunity. It's a good name, but this isn't, what I want to do. This isn't the type of writing I want to do. This isn't the storytelling I want to do. This isn't my audience. Um, Business Insider's audience at the time was mostly men. I wanted to write for more, not necessarily women, but I wanted Mm -hmm. to write about more
0: Design and
1: you know, products that excited me and brands that excited me, and I wanted to work with people like you, Gail, who excited me. Um, so (laughs) you're welcome, you do excite me, I love working with you. (laughs) Um, but after so, after a year and a half of that, you know, I was applying for different opportunities, but you know, really in the back of my head, I've always wanted to give the freelance writing world a try. And you know, I kind of thought, you know, some I'd, some opportunities were happening, some didn't work out. But I, you know, kind of thought to myself, you know, why not try it now? If it doesn't work out, I'm sure I can find another job. Right. But you know, give it a try, see how it goes. And I've been freelance for over three years now. And It is very challenging, but it's really the most rewarding chapter and the most exciting chapter of my career thus far. So I love writing for outlets like Apartment Therapy or My Domain or Lonnie, um, El Decor, Architech Digest, really kind of runs the gamut and It's I just love what I do. I love what I do so much and I love waking up every day and it
0: sounds cheesy and it's not just a line, but like I love waking up and actually being excited to do what I do. No, that's important. That's super important. That's that's half the battle right there. (laughs) You know,
1: I'll be the first one to say I think my work life balance, especially during COVID, um, probably isn't the most, you know, cut and dry. I work nights. I wake up early, I go to sleep late. I work on weekends sometimes if I really need to finish something, but honestly, I don't really care because I love what I do and I feel I just feel so lucky um, to you know have all the opportunities that I have and get to work with great talent and get to work with amazing publications and wonderful editors. Um, yeah, I, I just feel so lucky so you know it doesn't even feel like work most of the time. It just feels you know like doing something that just makes me really happy and just gives my life so much purpose.
0: No, that's perfect. You know, it and lucky for you to find that it. It was a
1: long winded way. I'm so sorry. No, but I felt like I had to tell the whole thing about the houses and everything. No, that's perfect. <laughs>
0: I'm still giggling that you said no thank you for the goodie bag. Into <laughs> the goodie bag, but can you give me a house tour? Did they give you the house tour? Um, I think they did. I'll have to I'll I'll have to ask my mom because she was of course
1: like, you know, in stitches over that, but um, I think they did. They I mean, like how could you not? If you have like Uh, you know, pretty cute little girl asking you for a house tour. Unless it wasn't clean, I feel like
0: they probably had to. (laughs) Excuse me. Oh my god, that is hilarious. No, it's hilarious. So I know that you write for all of these outlets. You had said something that triggered for me. What is the difference, and I don't mean to sound so ignorant, but that's okay, it's my show, um, (laughs) between the digital what is the challenges or what's so different between the digital versus print writing?
1: You know, I think that with digital, um, I think you have the permission to be, well, first of all, I think, um, you know, thinking about what you're writing, um, you mm-hmm. know, with digital news, you know, if you were to launch some kind of collaboration that um, some kind of furniture collaboration or something really exciting newsworthy was happening to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you could pitch that to an editor. They might write it up that same day, or you know, might ascend out to a freelancer and have them write up that day or the next day. It's a very quicker turnaround. So, with you know, of course, with print um, at the Wall Street Journal, we had a new weekend copy every or a new copy um, every weekend. So, we'd be working on stories, you know two to three weeks, sometimes longer, if it was a bigger package ahead of time. So, you know, with print, you have just more time to develop a story. Um, and then I think there's also the overall language and tone. I think with digital writing and anything you see on the web, be it social media, um, content, I think that you, you have a little bit more permission, in my opinion, to be a bit snappier Mm -hmm. and to be a little bit more conversational with your with your work. Um, I think it's just, I think that sometimes print, um, you know, the copy, I think it's going to be maybe not as conversational, not as punchy and not as snappy, but still, you know, really eloquent and really beautiful and great prose. But I think with digital, you can kind of write like you're talking to somebody. And that's always what I do when I'm writing digital stories. You know, I, I like to make it feel like somebody's talking to their friend or having a conversation in in a very welcome space and not somewhere that feels, um, you know, exclusive or anything. So I I think that overall tone of being more conversational, like that's what I always think the main difference is.
0: No, that's cool. No, thank you for sharing that. Um, So when you are interviewing, when you're getting the stories, are there like a certain group of designers that you're thinking about immediately where you're like, let me get this to them. Or do you have, or, are, or, or does the, sorry, I'm stuttering here, or does the Don't magazine actually, you know, I'm like, Oh my God. Or does the magazine say, here's the, here's the story. Here's what we're thinking. Here are the designers we want to reach out to. How does that work? Because I see like different times things will pop up for me and, and I'll see different times they won't. And I'm perfectly fine either way, thank you very much. But I'm just curious, like how does one at least stay in front if they always want to be written about? That's a great question. Um, just to kind of answer
1: the first question of the, of the couple questions, questions, um, uh-huh. you know, I think it does definitely vary when it comes to who is being featured. Um, A lot of times when I'm pitching out stories, I, you know, have a little bit more autonomy over, you know, it did, um, did somebody send me an email that really got something clicking in my head that I really want to write a story about X or did I see something on social media, um, sometimes when I get assigned stories, um, I'm working on a story right now where my um, wonderful editor she gave me a list of specific people who she thought would be great for this specific story and mm-hmm. you know said you know you can do your research if you want on X piece but I'm I'm thinking like these are would really be really great people to tap into. Right. Um so I, I do think it varies. Um you know I think that whenever I'm looking for sources I have a really fantastic rolodex of really amazing um Designers mm-hmm. and brands and publicists who I have um, a list of all of these people and their contact information. And whenever I need something, those are the people who I reach out to. Um, but I, that said, I don't think, um, and I think that, you know, having that close relationships with publicists and brands and designers, I think that is a great way to be mutually beneficial for, you know, to get someone great to contribute on your story and then also to you know, have a great story written about you. So I I think there's a lot of like mutual um, benefits to having good relationships um, with journalists. But I would also say you don't need a fancy, expensive publicist, though they're amazing. You don't need that to strike up a relationship. Like I can't tell you how many amazing um, talents and amazing people I've connected with over social media. Um, And I think that, you know, there are brands and designers who i have recently featured a lot. um, Mm especially over the past couple of months. And it's just been wonderful because I it's been a very organic connection of oh, like, you know, something they posted on Instagram made me laugh. Something I posted on Instagram made them laugh. And they right. commented. And then, you know, we kind of we talk on and off. And then I think about these people and I say, like, oh my gosh, like hey, like, do you want to contribute to this story? Like you'd be great for this. So I, I think that um I think relationships, especially in any industry, but especially media is so important, especially in design is so important. So I think that, you know, forging your own relationships is a great way to just stay top of mind. And right. not, it's not always gonna be a fit. And I think that's a good thing because I think if you are featured in every single story, one person or, or, you know, an outlet writes, I think that you need to create the space for multiple people to be featured because there's a lot of great talent to feature. But I think you also, um, you want to make sure that whenever you're contributing to a story, you have a perspective and thoughtful advice and, you know, or a project you really want to share. And, you know, you have some discretion over the press exposure that you have, because right. if you're contributing on every single thing, it might be like, oh, you know, living room trends, I don't know, couches. Right. So I, I think it's important to have a little bit of um, just discretion, especially when you're trying to seize opportunities.
0: No problem. So let's, let's talk about this year because you are a writer, you are a journalist and editor, all of the above amazing. So my gripe before all of this, when, you know, black became the new black, Mm -hmm. it it was the same three black designers that they would go after. And then once everything happened, the awareness was, you know, awakened, so to speak, Mm -hmm. then it was, you know overnight it's like top 30 black designers here the top 50 black designers here the top where before they couldn't find us allegedly and now they can so how has that changed for you have is it because it made you more thoughtful about going out and looking for people or was it i know you get connections through dm so you're a very different individual but what made it what 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 made the light shine so bright for you And what made you think differently about it, if that makes sense? Because I always ask questions back. Yeah, for
1: sure. Um, You know, I think that I'm going to have to trace this back to a couple um, years ago when I first started writing for Lonnie. First of all, that team's incredible. I adore that team. I've been writing for them for about two and a half years. Um, And I started contributing to them. And I had my editor reach out to me and say, hey, you know, we love what you're doing. We love your content. Just something from Mind Club. we need experts in all the in all stories to be a diverse group of designers and we and representation matters um and having somebody give me that feedback it was such a light bulb moment and my having my wonderful editor give me that feedback it was such a light bulb moment where i was like of course like oh my gosh like i'm not this absolutely makes sense this is the right thing to do this is because representation matters period there's Mm -hmm. you know and it should always have mattered and i yeah I can understand where it might it might be frustrating to you know have all these all of a sudden like all of this exposure but um having an editor say that you know not in a social justice movement I think right. was such a light bulb moment for me where I'm like identifying my own blind spots and you know working hard to make sure that I am representing a great group of designers with all different types of backgrounds so that's something that I've been Thinking about for the past couple of years, but I think with everything that's happened with Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and this this moment, right. um, and this movement, um, you know, I've been doubling down on it more, and you know, taking more or less just taking the initiative to not just lean on my network of great publicists or the network that I already have, but really taking that initiative to always try to be reaching across the table and, you know, finding great talent on my own and not just relying on, you know, who my contacts are representing or who has sent me a pitch. Um, So I think what this year has really proven me is like, you know, I got to pull up my bootstraps and this is on me. Right. And I need to be holding myself more accountable for making sure that I'm finding great talent. Um, and a great group of representative
0: talent of that. No, that's cool. I appreciate it, and I'm glad that we made the connection. Thank you, Raymond. him. Um, <laughs> <what? laughs> He's fast. Yes, you're in
1: great hands. Yeah, amazing.
0: No, he really is, and I appreciate him. I I'm just always amazed at um, the stories that come out, and where the, what makes them think of these different stories, and how they reach out to different designers and I'm grateful that they're actually, you know, the the net has been casted a lot wider as opposed to the same three or same five. And Mm -hmm. I love that there's a major rotation of diversity because it's important because we're all at different levels. And I was just having this conversation with someone. I was like, we can't, like, I was telling them that they can't keep going to the 1%. I was like, design is for everyone. And everyone may not be able to afford it at all different levels, but there's enough for everyone to have their homes and their spaces trans to be transformative and to be amazing for them. And um, you know, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. no. You're fine. Go, my love. Go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, honestly, I couldn't agree more. And I think that is something that continues to excite me about the design world. I think, you know, at first thought, um, and especially in my introduction of design, you know, through the lens of um, interior design on a professional level through the lens of the Wall Street Journal, you know, at that brand, we're covering really top talent and really great talent. And we're thinking about Salone and we're thinking about all all the shows um, and we're thinking about to the trade versus not to the trade. But I think what's really interesting that's happening right now in the design world is that we're seeing more D2C brands. We're seeing more people, you know, with maybe not all of this funding or all this prestige coming out with great lines. And I think we're seeing a movement towards um, making the home space more democratic and more accessible. Yes. Um, yes. And I think especially what I love about it too is with the world of Instagram and influencers, I think fashion very much falls into the, category of if you don't have hundreds of thousands of followers you're not relevant but I think what's really cool is with interior design I feel like it's different I think especially during COVID it's different because today your home is your everything it's your gym it's your office it's your (laughs) restaurant it's your daycare it's your your classroom it's you know it's your kids classroom it's everything and I think that um you know when it comes to just you know, clothes or what you wear. And, and I always draw the distinction between fashion and interior design because like I made such a distinctive move from one industry to another. Mm-hmm. You know, now we're all wearing sweats and no one cares about what they look like, but we care about our homes because that's what we live. And that's, that's our safe space, especially yeah. physically right now with COVID and effort, everything that's happening. But, you know, I, I think that we really are seeing this, you know, shift to a more accessible industry and a more welcoming industry and a more welcoming world of just spaces and interiors and shelters and that is a story that everybody can tell regardless of your race, sexual orientation, gender, creed, anything. That's a story everyone can tell or socioeconomic status. Everyone has a story about their homes.
0: Oh 100% I always, you know, I came from working class period and my grandmother and my one of my aunts worked in people, they were domestics, they worked in people's homes and I always talk about my grandparents' house. Going there was, all, it's and it still is to this day because we still have, you know, it's still around and we still own it, even though they're no longer here. It is the most <laughs> amazing place to visit because of as soon as you cross that threshold, you feel love. Like you just, it, you feel like you're home. And we always wanted to be there. My cousins live there now and there's, uh, the first cousins, there's 13 of us. So we always talk about going to visit our grandparents and just it was a safe place. It was where you felt loved. It was where you were definitely fed a lot of food <laughs> because that's what <laughs> that's my did. Yeah. You know, and I just remember sitting at the kitchen table with my grandfather in the morning, him drinking his coffee and putting his little creamer. Um, and before he went to work and just having a conversation with me and then my grandmother cooking for him in her best house coat, you know, really just being amazing. And that's important because it, it's, it's set the tone for the rest of my life. And I never realized that until I got into design and wondering why, you know, doing certain things. So working from home has been absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And I laugh because it has also changed the design industry because now everybody is busy because people now realize their homes need to, to really work for them. Where before, for sure. Yeah. And I know you can attest to that. Before the money was spent on going away on these high-end vacations and they didn't care. I mean, I walk into clients' homes and they'll have a blow-up mattress on the floor and they're like, oh, but we just came back from Australia and we're going to England. And I'm like but don't you want to fix your house? No, we rather spend the money, you know, on vacations and now, you know, on experience. And now the experience is home. Absolutely. So it's all we have. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, and listen, God knows we all need a Zoom room, right?
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, yes.
0: <laughs> put up some good wallpaper, yes. built-ins. Yes. That'd,
1: am- that'd be the dream. That'd be the dream.
0: <laughs> I was, full, full um, disclosure, I was doing a Zoom and I was setting up in my bedroom because I always have to set up where the dogs can't get to me. And so my husband comes in, he's like, oh, you're going to do your meeting in here? I'm like, yeah, he goes you got to wipe down that door. Your handprint is on it. (laughs) And then all of a sudden I find myself like cleaning the walls and everything. Because now you're looking at the Zoom and you're like, wait, before the people get on, you're like, oh, I got to clean that. I got to fix that behind me. I got to do this. So it's just, yeah, we all need a Zoom space, a Zoom corner to make it look amazing. So...
1: Yeah, I, I feel like it is an, an interesting time because just spending so much time at home. I feel like I will just pause what I'm doing sometimes in the middle of the day and just be like, why is there dust here? And then I have yes. to like then it goes to vacuuming. And then I'm like, oh yes. no, but like there's dust on there's dust on the windows. Yeah. Now I have to like I have to get a microfiber cloth. It, it's yes. funny how you also I feel like now people are becoming so much more protective at their homes too, because yes. you know, that little that little dust bunny might not have bothered you if you were going to a co working space or your office or you were traveling but yeah. now that this is what you have to see it's like these little things just drive you crazy so it's an
0: interesting time for sure no most definitely and you're, it's funny you said the microfibers i just went out and bought new ones <laughs> the other day oh my gosh like, I, they really wipe good and i was like these are dirty and they're old i need new ones so yeah it's like where did that spiderweb come from oh my god that's in the cell And then you're like really cleaning it up <laughs> but anyway so i just want to say thank you for coming on i would love to have you back if you would allow that I would adore that. Yay. And then um, tell the fabulous people where they can find you. Um,
1: so you can, well, you can find my writing across a bunch of different places, but, um, I am most accessible. I would say probably on Instagram, um, my handle is K so K-M-U-L-V-S. And then, um, I also started a newsletter that's on my Instagram too, about being your own boss. So if that's something that it's not design focused, but if anyone is interested, um, subscribe, I am more than welcome to have you. Um,
0: and yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time to do this.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Gail. This is so much fun.
0: Yay. Talk to you soon.
1: Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Design Perspectives podcast. As always, I'm your host, Gail M. Davis. I really appreciate you listening. Please don't forget to rate me on iTunes. It is super important and will help people to find where we are located. And... The Design Perspectives podcast is also available on Design Network Platform. Thank you so much. Enjoy your day.